Good morning. Good morning. My name is Katie Myers. I'm usually up here singing. I serve on the worship team at Orchard, and I'm just really glad to be here this morning to share just a little bit. I think there are two kinds of people in the world. There are the people who wait to listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving, and then there are those who are crazy and listen to it before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Or worse, all year round, you know who you are. I I do fall into the crazy category, (laughs) Um, but I'm only a little bit crazy. I at least wait until November. Um, This year, the last few months, it's like a it's a controversy in our house because my husband is the one who says we gotta wait till after Thanksgiving. I'm just like ready to go. Um, And so I started listening to a lot of smooth jazz just to like scratch the itch until it was socially acceptable to like fully switch over to holiday jazz. Yeah, for me, once Thanksgiving is over, it is full blown Amy Grant Christmas for the next 26 days straight. (laughs) Yeah, 26, the day after two. There are Christmas songs in scripture, songs surrounding the story of Jesus' birth. And we're spending these few weeks of Advent in the teaching series diving into these songs to see what they can teach us about living a life of worship. So this morning, um, I wanna look at a song that many of you are familiar with, Uh, I want to look at the first song that was sung to tell the good news that the long-awaited Savior, Jesus, was born. It was a song sung to a very unlikely bunch of people in a very unlikely place. So I want to look at Luke 2 this morning. Luke 2, verse 8. It says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you ever picture this scene in your imagination? 
I picture a dark, starry night out in the fields. I picture dirty shepherds, tired, working. I picture everything about this night feeling quite normal and ho-hum, just another night watching sheep sleep. Meanwhile, miles and miles away, the event of Jesus' birth is happening. This event that people have been murmuring about and wondering about for centuries. A single event that changes the history of the whole world. A king is born. Nothing will ever be the same. But it's a quiet night. Miles away, it says, the shepherds are just living out in the fields, going about business as usual, and it says an angel appears to them out of nowhere, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So imagine how jarring it would be to be stargazing at your fire pit on your back patio at night or at the office working late into the evening, going about your normal business, and an angel appears to you, and you are surrounded by the glory of the Lord. Boom. The shepherds were terrified as one would be. But the angel came to them and said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. God sends this angel to this lowly group of shepherds to announce that Jesus, the savior of the world, the one whom they had been waiting for, was born. He tells them not to be afraid because this news is good news and it will cause great joy for all people. As if this wasn't enough to take in, it says suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, which is a fancy way to say choir of angels, appeared, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest peace on earth says the shepherds then picked up and left to see Jesus, hopefully their sheep are fine, to spread the word about what happened and all who heard it were amazed. Because of this great news, the angels worshiped. The shepherds worshiped. And you and I worship today. One of the definitions that our worship team uses to define worship is our response to who God is and what he's done for us. Our response to who God is and what he's done for us. I like this simple definition because it reminds me that worship is more than a song. Worship is more than the 15 minutes of singing before the sermon. Worship is more than even the one hour that we spend at church. Worship is a response. 
When the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome to try to describe what true and proper worship is, he says, this is Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There's another wording of this verse that helps me understand it a little better, so I want to share that with you. This is Romans 12. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. When I look at this story of the angels and the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born, And when I look at what Paul has to say to the church at Rome, I see a few things that we can learn about worship. Number one, the shepherds encountered God in their everyday, ordinary lives. It says the shepherds were living, going about their everyday, ordinary lives when God sent angels to them to tell them the good news. They were living their normal lives surrounded by stinky sheep when the glory of the Lord shone around them. The shepherds were very ordinary people like us, living their very ordinary lives like us. When God showed up to them and met them in the midst of all that ordinary The shepherds were not at a church service when God sent the angels to share the good news. They were watching sheep sleep. It was in the least likely place to perhaps the least likely people that these angels shared the breaking news that Jesus was born. When it felt like the world stopped in 2020, the pace of my life slowed down greatly. (laughs) Um, My husband and I, Brad, who uh, we play music for a living, we very suddenly had all of our shows canceled. Our calendar was cleared of work and of social engagements, and we had all this spare time, so we started going for long walks. And not long walks on the beach, but long walks in Iowa in March on the slushy trails. (laughs) Sometimes we would walk together. Sometimes we would walk alone. Sometimes I would take my headphones and listen to music or a podcast. And sometimes I would just walk in silence. I was surprised at how God would meet me in those ordinary moments. 
These walks for me became a time of talking to God. These walks became a time of listening to God. As I would walk, sometimes I would just say the simple prayer of thank you for healthy feet and legs that allow me to walk and lungs that allow me to breathe and eyes that allow me to see. Sometimes I would simply notice the birds along the trail and the way that God made birds with so many different melodies of song and so many colors of feathers and it would remind me of his goodness. Like the shepherds at work, walking can be worship. Our everyday ordinary life can be an opportunity for God to meet us and for us to experience his glory. But first, we must pay attention. So number two, the shepherds fixed their attention on what God was doing. My husband and I travel a lot for work, mostly around Iowa, driving, um, but we've also had the opportunity to travel to Italy twice. Um, Both times we traveled to Italy, we went with a friend who studied abroad there, and so he knew all the places to go, and he helped us plan our trip as far as where to go, how many days to spend, and what places, etc. He warned us that Rome is chaotic, and it is touristy, but... I feel like you cannot go to Italy without seeing the Colosseum, the Trevi Fountain, the Vatican. There's so much history in Rome. So we settled, and both trips, we decided to do one full day in Rome. It stresses me out just saying it out loud. (laughs) Uh, Our plan was to just like knock out all the sightseeing we possibly could in this one day before we hopped on a flight to come home the next morning. At the top of our list of things to see was the Pantheon. I have a photo of the Pantheon. Uh, This is from our first trip in 2017, and you can tell by the 2017 Instagram filter on that photo. The Pantheon is the oldest functioning church on earth. It was built almost 2,000 years ago, and you can actually still attend a church service there today. The church is huge. Uh, you can see the massive pillars. Can we go back to that other, the first photo? Um, even if this was made today, it would be an impressive piece of architecture. On the inside, everything is grand and beautiful, marble and gold, altars and detailed sculpture. Some of the top art in the world. The ceiling is a big dome that's open, and so the sun shines in to different places of this church at different hours of the day. So this photo was taken in the summer, 2017, pre-pandemic, in the late afternoon when everybody's out. You can see the crowds of people. The entire city square was packed with people waiting to get in, to get close, to take pictures, to go inside the Pantheon, and for it being this legendary, beautiful piece of history and art, it was just not the experience that we were hoping for. 
our experience of this beautiful old church was chaotic. The church was beautiful and the history richer than we could comprehend. There was no doubt this place was special, but it was so difficult to take in because I was surrounded by noise and people with selfie sticks and overpriced cannoli. (laughs) Our attention was torn. It was busy and loud and we felt like we missed it. We felt like we missed God. So when we went back to Rome for the second time, we made a better plan. Still just one day, which still stressed me out. But Brad and I woke up before the sun and we tiptoed out of our Airbnb. And we walked through the quiet, empty streets of Rome to the Pantheon. You can go to that second photo. There were no lines to get in. There were no selfie sticks. Sadly, no cannoli. A city of four million people and all its tourists was quiet, peaceful, holy. It was such a different experience from the first time we were there. That quiet morning at the church, I could so closely feel the presence of God. I imagined the early followers of Jesus who worshiped there. I imagined the generations of faith that had been passed down through that church. I imagined the songs that had been sung over the centuries in this building. When I think back to our two visits to the Pantheon, what sticks out to me is how, despite going to the same place and seeing the exact same thing, the two experiences couldn't have felt more different. The first, chaos, and the second, glory. Nothing had changed about the church. It has been the same for centuries. It has always been grand and beautiful. The Pantheon hadn't changed, but we had. Somehow, this time, we noticed. We were paying attention. We were paying attention. This change in us made all the difference. We were able to see, to really see. And when I read about the night that Jesus was born, I think about where the shepherd's attention must have been that night in the fields. Was it truly a quiet night? Were the shepherds bored, tired, sick of sheep? Or were they focused on work and stressed, maybe scared? Did it feel like calm or did it feel like chaos? Whatever was going on around them, the shepherds chose to fix their attention and they experienced the glory of God that night in those fields. Number three, the shepherds responded. When the angels left, the shepherds picked up, left the fields and went to find Jesus to see him with their own eyes. Once they did, it says they returned, glorifying and praising God for what they had seen and heard. The shepherds didn't keep this good news 
to themselves, they spread the word, and all who heard it were amazed. It was good news of great joy for all people. So what does this song of the angels and these shepherds have to do with us today? Number one, worship is our everyday, ordinary lives. Whether it is changing diapers or going to class, sitting in a cubicle or helping a neighbor shovel snow, going out for a walk or praying the simple prayer of thanks. We don't have to do big things to see God. We don't have to be at church or in a Bible study or singing songs at church to worship God. We can see and hear and feel him in the midst of whatever watching sheep looks like in our lives. There's a quote by C.S. Lewis that says, we may ignore but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. Number two, worship is attention. We live in a world chocked full of distractions. You don't need me to tell you that. Especially this time of year, which is ironic. Maybe you feel like your life right now reflects the first Pantheon photo. Chaotic, loud, busy, maybe disappointing. Or maybe it's like the shepherds waiting in darkness, carrying on with mundane life, just waiting for something good to happen. Paul said, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. Like the shepherds, we can make the choice to fix our attention on God. This might look as simple as sitting quietly by your Christmas tree before bed or putting on Christmas hymns as you drive and really listening to the words. It might look like putting your phone down in order to look the people you love in the eye. Or carrying a little extra change in your pocket to tuck into the Salvation Army bucket. Or watching for a lonely stranger to greet. Number three, worship is a response. When we are living our ordinary, everyday lives and making the conscious choice to pay attention to watch for God, we are going to experience God's presence everywhere. In moments big and small, in a small child's smile, in a friend's hug, or a neighbor's plate of cookies, in a gorgeous winter sunset, or a doctor's compassionate care. And when we do experience this glory, it's a perfect chance for us to respond, to worship, to whisper thank you to God. Or to tell the person who made you smile, I see God in you today. To get into your car after some kind of experience with God's presence and instead of just turning the ignition and taking off to the next thing, just 
sitting for one extra minute of quiet worship. Worship is not a feeling, and it is not just a song. Worship is a response. Worship is choosing to pay attention. And we can worship with our everyday, ordinary lives. Over the next few weeks, as we anticipate the celebration of the birth of Jesus, how can we take our ordinary, everyday lives, fix our attention on God, and hear the angels singing, perhaps even join in? Because if we do this, we may just experience pure glory. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you knew that this would be hard for us. Amidst everything going on in our lives, in our families' lives, in the world, it's heavy and it's a lot. So God, you sent your son as a baby to shake up this, to shake up this night. You sent the angels to the shepherds while they were just going about their normal business. God, I believe that your presence is everywhere. And so would you help us in our ordinary lives to see you, to feel you, to hear you, to fix our attention on you, and then God, to respond to who you are and what you've done for us, that we would respond with joy, that this is good news for all people. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. And we thank you for this time this morning just to take a deep breath and to practice fixing our attention on you. It's the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.